0: Log Talk Radio.
1: higher than an eagle, because you are the wind beneath my wings. Father, we praise your name and we thank you for everything, and we thank you for helping us for your miracles, for your blessings, for things that, for forgiving us when we waver in our ability to. To deal with intense stress, and we we see fellow Christians that we know are good Christians going through horrible things, uh, and it's uh, and then it, it's directed at us, you know that same thing. And Father, I just want to confess before you and say I'm sorry. I wish I had had stronger faith over the last couple of days. Um, but I've just seen so many really good believers get hit real, real hard. And, um, quite honestly, I fear that someday that will be me. I think, um, many of us might feel that way too, because we know Lord Jesus, that you said it rains on the just and the unjust. And indeed it does. But yet we are to walk focused with our hearts and our minds and to trust you that you will keep us in perfect peace because our minds are stayed on you because we trust you. But nowhere does it promise us anything but food, clothing. I don't recall any place in the Bible that promises us even shelter. In fact, Lord Jesus, you said, Even the Son of Man does not have a place to rest his head. And we praise you, Father, for the days that we are entering into, knowing that the likelihood of having to go through some remarkably difficult times is relatively high. And those who are on some type of government, pension subsidy, um, assistance, whatever the case is. Not that, that that doesn't not that they're not at risk as well, but the people that are in the workforce right now are in a bad way. They're in a real bad way. And Father, I know that I have thrown out many fleeces for prayers over my job. And it probably sounds to a lot of people that maybe I'm Maybe lacking in faith or just, I don't know, maybe don't have as good a reason as I think I do. I don't know. I don't know, Father. But I praise you and I thank you, Father, for every single out person out there that's going through difficult times. I know retired people that are going through horrific times. I know so, so, so many dynamics that are happening, people that throw themselves at your feet, Father, and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then have their spouses tell them that they're going to leave. The trials and tribulations that we have to go through that the Bible tells us explicitly that we shall have to go through in order to make it into heaven. For those of us who are... I. You know, I, Father, I don't want this to sound, and I know that you know on my heart that I'm not saying this in a puffed up way. I know that you know that. Praise you, Jesus. But for those of us who have moved beyond churchianity and sought you and decided we wanted to serve you, we leverage prayer, uh, especially spiritual warfare prayer, particularly that, because we are Jesus on the earth. And we are to be exactly as him as much as we can. So that that means we are to destroy the works of the devil at the same way that he did. Same way that you did, Lord. And I pray from now until the day that I leave this earth, in whatever manner that may be, underwater in a tidal wave, Crushed under a rock in an earthquake, whatever it is, or maybe making the barley harvest. I pray, Lord, for every one of the listeners of this program, particularly the prayer vigil, but the other programs as well. But as you know, Father, well, speaking of the obvious that those of us who are who take prayer and time with you very, very seriously. are, especially when we're using, when we're taking down the strongholds of the enemy in our prayers, we enter into a realm of walk in Christ that is especially dangerous. And with it comes purple hearts and silver stars. But at the same time, Father, I I confess that I cannot, I have, I need more help, and I think others do too. I really do, with all of my heart, Father. I believe with all of my heart that we all need more help. Now, I know that I've read the paragraph from Bond's blog from about nine years ago or so. Maybe I'm going to pull it out again. Thank you, Jesus. And read it again, Father. Oh, if I can. Although it looks like my... Oh, there it is. There we go. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, I just want to say thank you. Lord Jesus, I want to say I praise you. Um, What I just went through might have brought me even closer to you, even though I didn't go through it as gracefully as I should have. And I just want to tell you I'm sorry. And I'm going to try harder. Praise you, Jesus. So for, um, thank you, Father. So for those of you out there who are wondering, the last two days of my life have been some of the two hardest days of my 60-year-old life, bar none. My company has eliminated the jobs of a remarkable number of incredibly talented people. The termination of the people and their loss of jobs was handled not especially good. Um, and, um, matter of fact, I'd even say downright evil, <clears throat> and I watched um incredible Christians, some two of them in particular were very close to me, get kicked to the street um, now you know i I don't know the Lord knows where they're he's gonna take them, and I'm not suggesting that either of them are destitute or don't have any money I don't know I just don't know I uh, but I wanna I'm sharing with you a reality You know, it's one thing when you're reading about it in the newspapers it's another thing when it happens to you so when I have been over the last you know X number of well it's probably been over the last year especially when I've been throwing out prayer fleeces prayer for my job, it's very real. It's very, very real. Um, And what I just went through in the last two days was absolutely horrible. One by one, my very closest coworkers and friends, close friends, Um We're just kicked at the streets. And it's gonna happen again in January or uh in at Christmas time. Okay, they, they do these things at the end of the quarters. December is the end of the quarter. So they will do it again in December. Now they believe that they've stabilized things. And they believe that the economy will recover and that they're going to come out of this smelling like a rose. Unfortunately, they don't know the Bible. Which, of course, (laughs) anyway, I won't even get into that, but that's a whole other thing. But it was absolutely horrible to go through it. I I haven't cried that many times for that extended of long of a period of time. I woke up at... We did the radio show on Wednesday. We went to bed. As usual, I didn't sleep very well. The lady that was helping me on this gigantic mega global project, it's very big. Very, very complicated. It's probably one of the most complicated things my company even does. And um, she, she, she got kicked out, too. So I lost the person that was helping me do this mega mega project. Now I can look at this from many different viewpoints. Praise God and thank you, thank you, Jesus. I can I can take away a lot of. I know it was crushing to go through. I mean, crushing, just crushing. Receiving messages. I'm, I'm on the phone with clients on Zoom meetings, doing interviews, and whatever. And um, I'm getting messages from the closest people I know at my workplace that I spend probably close to 50 hours a week working. I always think it's around 40, but it's not really. It's much more than that, but irrelevant. And as I'm doing my job, I'm getting messages while i'm live talking to clients from people that i love <laughs> getting kicked into the streets and of course um under the circumstances but you have to understand the dynamics of what i do where i am and all that kind of stuff if you if you did you would also know that the the situation is such that no one is safe because it's just how it is. Um, now, if now if a company is a private company and they have you know and they and they don't have major venture capitalists and all that kind of stuff, VC funding and stuff, then they can operate through a recession or a depression or whatever, and they can do it pretty eloquently. They don't have to let anybody go usually because they have cash reserves and they can just operate. But if your company is being controlled by Wall Street or any of those other kinds of dynamics where there are investors, they want those books to look good, period. End of story. And it's like the way it works is imagine yourself in a boat. And I'm I'm not talking about a huge boat. I'm talking about maybe a a rowboat that can hold maybe Imagine a rowboat, like maybe something like a rowboat from the Titanic, and it would be maybe able to hold like 20 people or something like that. Well, if that boat has a little hole in the bottom of it and, there's, and you're out in the sea, there's water coming up inside the boat and you can't plug the hole. You got a weight problem. There's too many people on the boat. The boat is sinking. So you grab the people and you. you and I, there's even been movies like this, where there were people on the boat that they had the. They were looking for volunteers to leave the boat because you know they couldn't sustain, and whether it was over food or whatever the case was they actually were were in that horrible enough of a situation whereby they they were trying to figure out who was going to live and who was going to die. So the analogy would be that you basically throw people out of the boat until you're not taking on water anymore, until things level off and the numbers look right. because the investors don't give a rip about destroying lives. It's just numbers. While at the same time they're telling you how much they love you and that you're great and you know, all this kind of stuff, but it's it's not true. So you're being bold faced lied to constantly, constantly. And you know it which makes it even more difficult to um, stomach. So, when I woke up on Thursday morning at about 3.30 a.m. or so, maybe 4, I'm looking at my phone and I see that the person that I'm working on where, with, she, I got a text and she's like, I'm getting, it looks like I'm getting rift, she said, rift is the term, reduction force, I'm getting rift. Well, I didn't realize how bad it was. I really was kind of in a state of disbelief. I think everybody was at first. But when it started happening, it was horrible, just horrible. Now, naturally, the organization would have been hopeful that they could have done it clandestinely and not let anybody know. But they don't really understand the camaraderie that is formed amongst the teams that work together over years of time. I just don't understand why they don't. They didn't. But anyway, it's, it's irrelevant. Um, it, it is what it is. And I guarantee you I'm not the only one. I guarantee you that there are other companies out there that are doing this exact same thing because this is what they do. Um, I just watched a between the end of my work day. Now, they just made the announcement. It was very just recently, a couple of hours ago, really, um, that they were done. They were done kicking people to the street. Of course, they said things that they, it wasn't true. I knew that. Um, Some of it was. And basically they put, you know, fear of God into everybody to let them, you know, in their way, know that you're all expendable. So you better work really hard. Um, so the last two days were hell on earth for me. And um, the Lord pulled me through it. Um, but I know it's coming again at Christmas simply because I know what the Bible says, and I know what's happening to the world, and I know where we are in the book of Revelation and the Olivet Discourse. And we're not going back. So when the evil reptilian empire from the bowels of hell said that they're, you know this is the new norm, they meant it and the very fact that our Heavenly Father is not stopping it because He that restrains in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is not restraining. I read this on the Wednesday show, I believe, and I'm going to read it again because it's so crucially important for all of us. Some people listen to only the prayer vigil. Some people listen to all the shows. Some people listen to, you know, just the podcast and they only like the sunday sh- you know whatever so you know it's it's no problem but i think this group especially needs to hear this if you didn't hear me read it on the um on the uh, uh wednesday show because this was this was given to me by the lord now granted um so what happened was i I believe it was the last prayer vigil. I, a lot of people emailed me and said, praise God, thank you for sharing that testimony because it really helped me a lot. Um, I got a, a very noteworthy number of folks thanking me and saying, wow, wow, thank you very much and for saying that. I used the analogy about us being tossed from one boxing ring to another boxing ring. Uh, Going through all these really, really horrible things because God is conditioning us to be able to handle ourselves in the days ahead. And it's because he loves us. Of course, it doesn't feel like it while you're going through it. So, and I I remembered as I was going through it, even as early as 4.30 a.m. or so that Thursday morning, When I just got early wind that stuff was going down, um, it was the weirdest thing. I never, ever, ever listened to Bette Midler's song, The Wind Beneath My Wings. I never listened to it. I've known about it, but I think the last time I've even heard it was – 20 years ago? Could that be true? Um, maybe less, but a long, long time ago. Oddest thing was I immediately went into a panic because that's the flesh. Because I know things. Um, people trust me. And I become really good friends with them. And they disc- they tell me things. And I tell them things. And then we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you know that kind of thing. Happened a day with a client. Turns out that client and his wife left the church a long time ago. And he's learned, he's been studying the Bible on his own, him and his wife. And um, he started sharing all the things he, he knew. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I know all about that. Um, as a matter of fact, let me add a little bit to it and we were going back and forth and he said, Oh my gosh. He said, this guy clearly is like probably very late fifties, probably early sixties. And he, he looked at me and he said, Oh my gosh, I have never in my life met somebody who knew more about this stuff than I do. Um, and now we're like, like best buddies kind of thing. But anyway, um, And while I'm having, you know, because I'm I'm talking to him, you know, we made friends and we shared all the, you know, a bunch of information and realized that we were two peas in a pod in that sense. And I, but I had to have that meeting with him because I, I had to train him up on some things that he's working on. But anyway, that was pretty amazing. But what was weird, what was like supernatural and unexplainable, although it's. Very explainable when you understand our Heavenly Father and our walk. But it was so strange because, like, I went into an instant panic. I mean, I'm talking about my hands are shaking. My BP's through the roof. It's not even 4.30 a.m. in the morning. I have um, what's known as... uh, Resistive and reactive high blood pressure, which is the absolute bar none worst case scenario. So if I lose my job and I lose my medical, I will die. <laughs> I mean, really, that's pretty much how it all breaks down. Now, I, I'm oversimplifying this thing, and I'm I'm also, you know, exaggerating. A, uh, in other words, I kind of know, or I believe with all of my heart, although the likelihood, when you're over 60 years old and you're in a recession you're not an especially attractive candidate. Let's put it that way. There are some companies, but economy in the state that it's in right now and the business is r- pulling their belts really tight and stopping their spending, it's crushing the service provider business. Crushing it. So that means that any company that you would, want to work for her is under the same situation. So anyway, uh, but I believe in my heart, with all of my heart, just based upon my life experiences that the Lord would have put me someplace and everything would have been ultimately just fine. I mean, deep down inside, that's what I believe. But there's the fleshy Johnny that is going to go be like Peter. You know, I, I'm very... Emotionally driven, I'm very, but that's what makes me who I am. Now, it doesn't make me perfect. Matter of fact, it makes me more like Peter, where I'm dorking up all the time. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm so much like he is, is unbelievable. But anyway, um, and there I was in this panic. I mean, it was physiological. It was bad because. I don't have you know, when you live alone with two dogs in a house and you do the radio shows, you work a fifty hour work week under a lot of duress and stress. Um, and you gotta take care of the house. Right now I have overgrowths of uh because of all the dangerous apocalyptic thunderstorms that have been happening in the Tampa Bay area, um, the trees go crazy. It's like being in the Amazon rainforest, and they just go crazy, and they start growing at insane rates. I mean – so I was looking at my – the ham radio antenna that's on the roof of the house. It's in an L shape. It was bent over because uh, it saved my life during Hurricane Irma. My whole life is just walking one miracle after another. It really is. It's just astonishing. But I wanted to get the ham radio antenna straightened out It's been five years, but the lightning strike that hit this golden j i b studios, which essentially is uh you know it's it's this, it's it's the radio station when I'm doing the radio show and it's uh my workplace you know during the day but I wanted to get the antenna straightened out um the lightning took out my ham radio. And I thought, well, and then I looked, and it there was like, it was an unbelievable, incredible deal, and 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 with all kinds of sales. I was, just, I was I was like, wow, praise Jesus. And I, but anyway, long story short, um, that tree, that the tree in the neighbor's yard that was over fifty foot tall is absolutely one of the most huge, most huge palm trees I've ever seen, with the exception of perhaps Hollywood, California. And. It fell over on my house during Hurricane Irma. I was doing a live radio show with uh, Jose while Hurricane Irma was going by. And while I was on the air with the headphones on, my entire house shook. It felt like an earthquake. I remember I even commented about it while I was on the radio. But it wasn't until three days later, because I was cleaning debris, The power was out for about four days. I heard these these loud, it was just heavy equipment, heavy equipment, wood chippers, things like that, and uh, cranes. And I'm like, what is that noise? And I walked around to the side of the house that I don't ever go to, by the way. And there, excuse me, there's this giant tree on the roof of my house. If that ham radio antenna had not stopped that tree from hitting my house, I would be dead. And you might say, no. Well, I'm here to tell you. it. When I looked up at that crane, nine, ten men, three big trucks, lifting that tree off my house, actually off my ham radio antenna, I realized... That if it hadn't hit the antenna, it would have crashed directly through the upper, uh, I don't know what you call it, but the upper left quadrant of my house, the upstairs corner would have crashed through it. And it would have come straight through the roof and killed me while I was live on the air. Now, I walked around and anointed all of the trees on my property. I love trees. I have more trees than anybody else in the entire neighborhood, the entire subdivision. And I anointed every single one of them with holy oil, and I commanded them. And I said, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I command this tree to hold steady and not even one single branch to fall out of it. I don't want one thing to break in Jesus' name, and then I would go to the other one. It took me a long time. But I didn't anoint that tree in the neighbor's yard. I digress. So... Anyway, the the that was an example of one of just so many. There's lots of little mini miracles and then there's like lots of big ones kind of thing that I've gone through. So you would think that I would learn. You would think that, but then I remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, why hath thou forsaken me? You know, he, we read on the prayer vigil all the time, you know, during communion where Jesus fell on his face as he's, you know, in Gethsemane and he, you know, if it is at all possible, take this cup from me, Father. He was asking our Father if maybe there was another way that he might not have to hang on the cross. He was having a human moment. So we all do have our human moments. And there I was at about four like I said, about four AM in the morning, four thirty AM roughly. Essentially having a you know, panic attack. Um when I look at everything I when I look at it through the earthly eyes, you know, I I could start my own business, I could Trust the Lord to help me find another job. But the last time something like this happened to me, there was an economy problem too, and I lost everything. So I don't. I don't have any retirement. I have, I don't have anything. I don't have little. Now, granted, that's mostly part of my fault. And I think really, after the third seal is complete, which seems to be not too far into the future from now, um, that no one's going to have any. I was just watching a documentary on the on the 1933 Great Depression, and um, essentially all of the SEC controls and things that Roosevelt instituted in in order to quote end quote you know stop stock market and bankers from doing naughty things and leveraging money that doesn't exist. That's all gone now, as we know from the tw- 2008 housing collapse. And all that stuff is happening again. They never quit. They keep on doing it over and over again. Because this is part, one of the things the documentary didn't catch, of course, naturally, it wouldn't catch it, is the fact that they, they actually wanted it to happen. They manipulated things on purpose. But, you know, what do the documentary makers know? But what we have eroded, we have eliminated this this country and other countries as well, have eliminated The controls, the things that were in place to prevent another 1930, you know, dust bowl, horrific, you know, people out of jobs, putting cardboard over their feet, uh, tying, uh, you know, can't afford shoes, starving children eating mud pies just to put something in their stomach. We already see this in progress right now. Now, of course, doing a radio show, it makes me, I'm a hundred times more intimate with it and and how much of it is actually happening because of the show. I mean, I only read maybe, wow, the very most, five to ten percent of the apocalyptic emails that are given to me for, to pick for the show. Because I only have so much time. What about all the other ones? And what about the hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of other reports that I should have gotten? Or I'm not saying should have gotten, but just never made it into the media. Is a better way to put it. They just never, you know, they can't report on everything. There's only so many pages on a website. There's only so much time in a day. So there's a whole lot of stuff that's real, real, real bad right now happening that nobody knows about, except the victims. So. I I know how it goes. Like my mom said, I wasn't born in a barn, you know. And I know that I am extremely vulnerable. I also should have had more trust in God. However, however, um, however, uh, it the Scripture says. Like Isaiah 26.3 says, you, you will keep him in perfect peace. You is our heavenly father. You, our heavenly father, will keep us in perfect peace when our minds are stayed on him because we trust him. But that doesn't necessarily exclude you. And probably likely doesn't really when you study the pilgrim church and all of the persecution and stuff that they went through. It definitely doesn't exclude you from having to go through horrible times. Because when we're being told that we're going to be kept in perfect peace, for example, the scripture in John 14 27, where Jesus says, peace, I leave to you or leave with you my peace. I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, you might say, well, that that applies to me. So I should be, I should have peace. But see, our peace comes from the joy that's associated with knowing what our end result is. It doesn't mean that when we're going through chastening or we're going through the refiner's fire or whatever it is that we're going through in life, it does not mean that's going to be easy. Arrow is the path. Difficult is the way. You should be a f- concerned if your life is not difficult, if your walk is not difficult. And you might want to consider putting more effort maybe into spiritual warfare prayers and things like we do on this program. Because let me tell you something, that really makes an impact. And if you love people the way that you've been commanded to, it's the best, most powerful thing that you can possibly do. It is so important. We always say, oh, I guess the only thing left is to pray. What what an insanely upside-down thing to say. Prayer should always be first. We should be hungry to pray, desiring it, missing it when we don't. So before I tell you the little supernatural thing, well, I guess there's several supernatural things. I'll share this, and then we'll go right into the prayer vigil. But I am currently in recovery right now i'm utterly exhausted because of course you you're not going to sleep under this situation <laughs> believe me and um it can't i really can't put into words the amount of stress and the amount of agony that i went through in the last 2 days i i can't I can't vocalize it there's no way i can think i can't i still even if i think about it i start bawling but I wasn't going to miss this prayer vigil. And I am exhausted, I admit it. Now, all that being said, I know it's coming again at Christmas. And, you know, and everybody really loves to be kicked out into the street without a job at Christmas, right? But that's how it goes. So I read on the Wednesday program something that the Lord had impressed upon my heart. He had brought it back to my recollection after, what, 10 years or something like that? I don't know. Let me take another look. 2013, how far back is that? And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, like I know God is preparing us. I know he loves us. I know he's preparing us for what's coming. All of us are, you know, at different at different rates. So don't be alarmed if you're not going through trials and tribulations at this moment. Believe me, they're queued up. You're going to get hit. Um, either that or you're really just not doing anything that's upsetting the devil, which of course would not, it really wouldn't be ideal. You're not really serving God the way that God wants you to serve him. Now, remember what it says in Mark 16, 16, 16, 17, and 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. They will, you know, cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will ingest, They can ingest anything deadly. It, that's what the word it says, drink, but it really means ingest. In other words, just you know, like Paul and the viper in Malta and everything, and it will not hurt them. You know, that that's a pretty strong statement these signs will follow those who believe. So anyway, um, knowing all the stuff that I know about the scripture and uh, and, and being blessed with the spiritual discernment that the Lord has blessed me with, that didn't really come until after many, 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 many years of extremely advanced Bible mystery research and studies and a lot of prayer, a lot of beatings, a lot of just all kind of stuff. When I tell people my testimony, they they believe it. If if they're a believer, and especially if they're from an Assembly of God or Pentecostal background, they do. They will say, "Wow, I can't believe that actually happened to you." Uh, but they they you know come back and they recoil and they say, no, "But but of course I do believe it," you know. Because well, they know that I'm not lying. And they, they know about demons and things. It's just they're shocked to actually meet somebody that had gone to what I went to. So anyway, the follow-up, for, the follow-up revelation that the Lord placed upon my heart on Wednesday was, after I did the Friday night prayer vigil prior to that, which was the last one, and talked about how God, because he loves us, he's, he's prepping us. He's preparing us spiritually, and so in order to do that, he needs to grab us. We're running out of time. He knows it. So if we're not where we need to be, he's going to increase the intensity of what we're having to go through. Because we're either going to throw down the hat and give up, or we're going to buck up. And if you're going to throw down the hat and give up, then, then you're out. You're out of the race. And this is all about being part of the barley harvest. You know, ideally the barley harvest would be the best, right? And um, the first watch, Luke 12, 35, 36, 37. But then the Lord said to me, it, it was like, brought me, oh my gosh. I mean, it was like, bam, right in my face. I mean, my recollection of this paragraph from 10 years ago from Bond's blog was supernatural because of the intensity that it hit me. Because in perfect succession, as I knew in my heart spiritually that we are being grabbed by the scruff of the neck and thrown into the next boxing ring where there's a bigger batter boxer that's going to beat us up and we got to take our beating and we got to do a good job and then god's you know god's going to throw you up sooner or later you're going to end up in that ring with Brocky balboa but the point is these beatings these things that we're being allowed, having to go through these job moments are designed to rapidly condition us and train us so that we're able to handle the things that we are about to be thrown into. Bad, 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 bad things. Really bad. Of course, all of us would like to believe the barley harvest is going to happen lickety-split and we're going to be out of here, you know, real quick. But it doesn't really look like that. The more I meditate upon the Lord, the more that I meditate upon the things that are happening, the more that the Lord chose me. It could be pretty soon from now, really, in in the grand scheme of all the years that we've lived. It could be within the next – I mean, after all, the 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 movie um, They Live from 1988, at the very end, the, the two guys with the glasses where they could see the reptilians and all that, that was a prophetic movie. And they walked into the very end of the movie. They walked into a room full of, they called themselves the elites. And they said that we will have taken over the world by 2024. That movie was made in 1988. And at this point, it doesn't look like Donald Trump is going to run. Right now, it looks like the Lord is going to let Trump get taken out or get close enough to where they take him out before the election. And of course... Anything like that is going to definitely start civil war. And right now, the reptilians and the, and the, and these dracos that are uh, masquerading as humans, these tares in the government, in in you know in the monkeypox party, um, are. And I'm not saying Trump's an angel or anything. Okay, these are degrees, degrees. You know, he again. It's I'm not going to get into all that right now. But I, I'm going to share this with you. And I quote, remember, this is a prophecy, this is a prophetic word coming from the Lord. I believe that Bonnie was hearing excellently from the Lord, one of the few that were really hearing really well. She said, remember that I told you there will be a short span of darkness, which you will need to walk through before I come for you, before I come for my bride. And there will be a time when it may appear that I have forsaken you. But nothing could be further from the truth. Okay, now please all stop for a moment and think it through. First off, it says that you're going to need to go through it. And second off, it says that you're going to feel like I've forsaken you. Well, the only way that we would feel like God has forsaken us is when we're praying for things and we're not getting answers or we're being kicked to the street. So I am painfully aware of what the Scripture says and what we are potentially likely to go through, and we know that it would be not right from a – if you understand how the Bible works and everything, we are – Essentially, God's Israel, in a sense, you know, again, it's all over the New Testament. I say it all the time, broken one the middle wall of separation, making two into one, you know, Jew and Gentile, blah, blah, blah. It's also in Galatians, there's neither man nor woman, um, you know, or Jew or Gentile. We are all one in body of Christ. So that basically says the, the stuff in the Old Testament that is still relevant, that hasn't been superseded by the new covenant, Jesus, is anything that's talking about Israel is also talking about us. But anyway, the, the the key takeaway from this prophetic word is the only reason why we would feel that God has forsaken us, like I said, is because we would feel like we're being beaten down so bad and going through such horrible stuff that it's like, God, where are you kind of thing, right? That would be the only reason why this would be worded this way. And then it says, but nothing could be further from the truth. No matter what happens, no matter how you feel, no matter what happens, warning, warning, warning. No matter what happens, no matter how you feel, I have not forsaken you and I never will forsake you. It says, it will be a time that you must strengthen your faith in my word, the Bible, and my personal words spoken to you. Just because you may not be able to feel me for a short or, you know, that that term feel is very broad swipe of the brush, broad stroke. For a short span, know that I am with you regardless of your feelings, and I will bring you through. Regardless of your feelings, and I will bring you through. But it doesn't promise you an easy time. Bogomils were slaughtered with their children by Pope Innocent's mercenaries. I think Tyndale or Wycliffe, I forget who it was, uh, was in the Bogan Mill villages at that time. They were known as heretics. But what they really were was good Christians that had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and were living properly and holy away from all the other stuff. But they got hunted down and killed and slaughtered. And it was their willingness to die peacefully at the hands of the murderers that caused the murderers to give their lives to Christ because they couldn't believe their faith. They couldn't believe that they were singing as they were being set on fire. Now, am I suggesting that this is necessarily the degree at which we uh, of what we may be subject to. I don't know. But I, and I do believe with all my heart, I know as a fact that the end of the third seal where it says do not harm the oil or the wine is the, a proclamation whereby when the world's financial collapse is occurring, and oh, let me tell you something, folks, we ain't seen nothing yet. We have not seen anything yet. That's why I was studying the documentaries on on the Great Depression. Because I know that's exactly what we're going to have happen. And if we know what happened then, we will know what's going to happen. Right? But when the scripture says do not harm the bride at the end of the third seal, it, it doesn't – what does harm mean? Does it mean that you get to keep, keep your job? Does it mean that you don't get kicked to the streets? What does it mean to harm Define it. We can't. Um, So how much of this do we have to go through? How long, how how far into, for example, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, praise the Lord, but right now the United States and Israel are flying joint sorties with F-35s, which are very stealth, and they're flying them directly into Iran. You know why they're doing it? To see if Iran's radars and anti-aircraft guns start firing. Well, their radars aren't seeing them, and they're high-fiving each other. Why are they doing that? Because they're preparing to fulfill the vision that Dr. David O'Rourke saw when he saw two jets, Israeli jets, flying into Iran and shooting two tactical nuclear bombs directly. These are missiles that fire like missiles, but they have uh, nuclear warheads on them, and they fire them at the base of the mountain, which is where the Fordow facility is. And they're preparing to do that right now. This is how close we are. Now, could this drag on for a while? Oh, yeah, it could, for sure. Absolutely. We're all victims of the dragging on problem. You know, death by ten fifty thousand cuts. Really, at this point, but it's alarming and noteworthy to to recognize and know what what's going to happen and know what the end game is. We know that that these entities are intentionally provoking the fulfillment of the second seal and the third seal. That's and really the, the fourth because when we're, cause all these things are happening in parallel. Um, and I've covered covered that. You know, Jesus can break all the seals, the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and all that. He can break all the seals in the in beginning, but the scrolls can roll out in par- parallel. That's the actual events occurring. And they appear definitely to be rolling out in parallel. So that theory, sanctified hunch of mine, turned out to be correct because it's actually happening right now. It's, un- it's indisputable. Now, all that being said, when you take this, Beautiful tidbit that the Lord gave me from Bond's blog from all the way back, August 11th of 2013, holding in my hands. I printed it out, and I circled it way back then. And I, I even wrote three years of hard times during Revelation 6. But don't get yourself wrapped up in, well, when do the three years start and all that kind of stuff, because then you're going you're gonna to make a mistake. You don't want to go there. Just, just accept, keep it at a high level. Don't worry about, don't get into the weeds. If you're hunting for ladybugs underneath leaves, you're definitely not studying the Bible right, especially at this point in time. Now, so there I am having a panic attack at 4 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was tangible. <laughs> I mean, I could feel it. I had to go take some special meds and stuff that I have um, to, like, level off and get my BP back down so I didn't stroke out. Um, and there I am and I'm hearing this song in my head and I'm like almost like singing it and I'm like what is this I didn't listen to this song I mean it's one thing if I was listening to music the night before and you know I was cruising around through my library of music that I have my dad was a Glenn Miller orchestra you know pianist and uh, trombonist and stuff and so it, it just runs in my family and I, I, you know, but it wasn't like that. I haven't listened to this song in, I don't even know how long. it. I mean, un, unless it was playing on the radio or, or playing, you know, somewhere else. If, but it's got to be 15 years, maybe longer ago. That vet Midler song, you know, Wind Beneath My Wings. It was in my head. I'm literally sitting there having a panic attack, just took some meds to bring my BP down. It's 4.30 a.m. in the morning. I'm thinking to myself because I know what's going on behind the scenes and I know what the master plan is with, with where I work. And I'm hearing in my head, clear as can be, to the point where I was like whistling it, Think. You know, humming it. I was humming it. Did I ever tell you you're my hero? I'm like thinking to myself, where is this coming from? You're everything I wish I could be. Oh, and I could fly higher than an eagle because you're the wind beneath my wings. Sing that to Jesus. Give it a try. It is life-changing. When you're in prayer and you're on your knees, focus your eyes on Jesus and sing that refrain or whatever, that bridge, that refrain in this song. Ask Him if you ever told Him that He's your hero. Ask Him. Can you imagine try it had to have been given to me by the Lord because there's no way first and foremost I never really liked that song all that much um you know it I just it wasn't one of my it wasn't my thing back then when it came out so the idea that it would pop in my head at this weird moment was exceedingly supernatural So anyway, just a couple hours ago they sent out the email and said they were done doing it for now. It was very mechanical, as you might imagine. Devoid of emotion. No tone in there that suggested that, you know, we know a lot of you may have been affected by this. Um, You know, they made some kind of comment that if you needed to talk to human resources, but Anybody who knows how companies work know that human resources resources people are your enemy. They try to tell you that they're there to help you, but that is a lie from the devil. They are your enemy. And so the last thing you want to do, it's like, I don't know, you you can't say, you can't do, you know, they're your enemy. Believe me, they are. They're there to, to protect the company from the people. You're simply a resource and a number, and it's all about the charts. When the charts don't line up, it doesn't matter that the economy is in a recession. It doesn't—they don't care. They're going to keep throwing people out of the boat, and that's been my last two days. Praise God. And I know I'm going to face it again in just a few more months right around the holidays when I so desperately need to not, you know, I just want to have some time with my daughter and some other, you know, my ex-wife comes over for, and also maybe some other people that uh, I met that have been doing some uh, contracting work, the ladies, a Christian, so is her, her friend, I'm trying to get them to come over too, because we, i make an, I make everything from scratch and it's gigantic <laughs> you know it really it really is gigantic. it's a lot of food, <laughs> a lot of things there's probably about eight to ten courses i don't mean courses um things you know like there's uh and I cook really well. I mean, I cook like Chef Paul Perdom well, <laughs> praise God, and I know I do, which is scary because, you know, if I ate any – if I was, like, cooking again and just eating at will, I would be, like, 400 pounds in a snap. But, yes, uh, all homemade stuffing, macadamia nuts, red and green bell peppers, all kinds of really cool stuff in it, um, fresh, you know, parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme fresh how oh, that has to be fresh i actually learned that you when it's fresh you got to really use a teeny weeny little bit because it's just so powerful and um uh, corn pudding really good just it's amazing and um you know candy yams and white potatoes which i do with turnips and garlic so it's a white tomato mash that has turnips in it and uh, mashed in there with the potatoes and garlic, and it's really really good, buttery. Um, fresh green beans sautéed over browned butter with uh, walnuts. That's super super awesome. Wow. Just uh, pecan uh, pumpkin pecan cheesecake <laughs> made from scratch. It's really good. Um, so much more. I, oh, Brussels sprouts, au gratin, almondine. That's what I called it. But really, it's quite simple. You just take Brussels sprouts. Oh, and people that don't like Brussels sprouts, by the way, they love this. They love it. But you just, and what I do is I grab those rectangular tins because I don't, you know, it's just too much to cook. And the rectangular tin foil pans work really great, you know, So you just throw, like, a couple of bags of uh, Brussels sprouts in there. By the way, i got to start buying this stuff now before it gets, like, you know, a bag of Brussels sprouts (laughs) turns into, like, a $20 investment. So i got to start buying it and put it in the freezer right now. But you throw the Brussels sprouts into the tin, you know, toss it into the cooking container, and then you take – hopefully you can get a hold of some of the uh, Sharp Velveeta. Walmart doesn't sell it for some weird reason but some of the better grocery stores have it. They're sharp. It's much better. And you chop that up. You just need one big block of that, and you chop it up into little squares, and you mix it amidst the Brussels sprouts, and then you take sliced almonds, and you just sprinkle it over the top. And you just, you know, cover it with foil and toss it in the oven at 350 and just let it cook. It's amazing. And turkey, and oftentimes I'll have a turkey and a ham. I cook the turkey overnight at 200 degrees inside of a bag, upside down, uh, with all kinds of delicious seasoning and stuff. Uh, I use a, a turkey injector, and I inject the—I br- call it a brine—and um, I use uh, old bay seasoning, old bay seasoning, and water heavily seasoned so I put a ton of Old Bay in there and um, and then I inject it all over the turkey and then I sprinkle the turkey with all over the top of it you know with the Old Bay and then I twist the bag and put the turkey in the day before at about 7 o'clock in the evening and it's at 200 degrees and then when I wake up the next morning it's almost completely cooked. Almost. Which is good because then you've got to move I'm very fortunate. I, I, I kept the old stove that came with the house and I put it out in the garage. So then I can move the turkey over to that stove and keep it warm while I'm doing everything else. Oh, and I didn't mention all the other things that I cooked to it. you know, there's a lot of stuff. You know. But anyway, the hol you know, the holidays I think are important and I, I think it's just so sad. You know, now Thanksgiving that will probably go unscathed, but Christmas will be very, very hard. Matter of fact, they will probably do the reduction in force um a few weeks before Christmas to try to prevent, make it so that the people that they're going to get rid of are actually there so they can get rid of them because otherwise they might be on vacation, right? Christmas vacation. And so they're going to have to make sure they kick them to the street before they go on Christmas vacation, which of course is the most lovely, you know, holiday dynamic to go through. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But I did want to share with you that, that, that Midler song, you know, and those words that literally just enveloped me. And I, I was befuddled. I'm like, I don't even like this song. But then, in the midst of the stress, I started to sing it to the Lord, and it was overwhelming. It was change. It was spiritual walk changing for me to actually sing the that that refrain or whatever you want to call it that ever that I ever tell you that you're my hero to actually sing that to Jesus that intensified for me my personal relationship with Jesus believe it or not so when I ask for, when I ask for prayer it's it has um it's not frivolous. <laughs> okay. It's real, it's tangible, you can cut it with a knife, you can believe that I have an exceedingly good reason Because I had people while I was going through this text messaging me and saying things like, oh, you know, I think it'd be really great if we could, like, you know, bring on so-and-so onto the show. Wouldn't it be really great? And I'm like, I wrote back to him and I said, "Um, I know that you don't know that I'm going through this, but there may not be a radio show anymore. And the one person that I was letting know um, was like, no, 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 don't say that. You're going to make me cry. Um, you know, it's an unfortunate reality. I mean, if I have to, if I get kicked to the street, now now granted the Lord could just say, Hey, here you go. Here's a new job. And that could happen, but not necessarily because I've been through the opposite before too. So unfortunately if I'm not working, I can't pay for all this blog talk radio stuff. The the, the cost of the email marketing stuff, the website the uh, the website hosting fees, the blog talk radio fees, all that kind of stuff, and then who's going to pay the electric bill here so basically I go i you know go into a tailspin you know I got enough to float myself for a while, but that you know that's sub- you know, and, and it's there for emergency purposes. Yes. And I, like I said, I don't have any, it's not even close to anything that could, could even be considered retirement. It's like insane. It maybe a few months of substance. Um, and I would have to cut costs way back, which would mean that what, what, how, would, how would I sustain the radio show? It's one of the most, the largest bills, not only that, but also, well, I can't, I'm we're not supposed to let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. But anyway, I, there's that as well. Praise God. And, um, you know, I always want to believe that the Lord is going to sustain me, but you know what? I, I'm I'm nobody special really. And if I ever get that in my head, I hope the Lord chastens me immediately. Praise God. So anyway, it's been a very difficult week, and I just praise Jesus, and I mean this with all of my heart for any one of you that has ever and can, and especially if you do it on a daily basis. I can tell you that um when I pray the people that have asked me and sought me to pray for them depending on the dynamics, depending on what type of prayer and who it's for and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's just a one time you know stop drop and hit the floor and pray very, very fervently for a particular individual over a situation. Other times, it's more of a, you know in your heart that that person's going through stuff and you need to pray for them like all the time. And it takes, it's a lot, it's very time consuming. It takes me about 45 minutes to, you know, to take my communion, to uh, anoint everything with the uh, Exodus oil, to pray for two continents of lost people like we do sometimes on the show. I try to do not always make it. And then, um, and then to get on my knees and anoint myself and all the things that we do on the prayer vigil and then pray for, wow, I didn't even know how many people. So in the re in the way that I help myself remember them is I imagine them geographically where they live. And I kind of like circle around, you know, because of my amateur radio hobby, I, I know the earth. I know, I don't know it perfectly. I don't know every single country. I can't recite every single country, but I know where they are. And um, I can hit, I could probably get 80% of them in Asia or more um, by name. Same with Europe and Africa. I know probably 50, 60% of them real easy. If I think real hard, I can probably get probably 80 or 90. But the point is, I do that. So what we do on the prayer vigil, and what I always hope with all of my heart that you take with you and do too, I try to do every single day. And there might be an exception. Like, you know, if I do the Friday night prayer vigil and it's a long prayer vigil, I might not spend 45 minutes praying. Like, tomorrow I have to go to CVS. I've run out of one of my critical blood pressure meds, and that's not good. That's, like, dangerous. So anyway, um I just wanted to share that with you. It's very real when I throw out a fleece. It's not frivolous. Um, I'm not being a crybaby. <laughs> okay, it's real. It's real. It's horrible. It's impactful. It's it's. I'm stuttering because I cannot think of the words. It's beyond words. beyond words and um, you know I think for a moment before we continue you know that you know I think to myself I should have just trusted God but yet I you know what do you think Peter was thinking while they were turning him upside down and nailing him to a cross You think he was saying, oh, that tickles? (laughs) You know what I mean? So I really think it's very difficult for us to reconcile in the flesh what we might be subject to. Might. Um, Now, I will say this. I do believe that those who are working extra hard for the Lord in prayer now, and especially those of us who know what we know, that the tares are reptilian entities. They look like humans, but they're not. That's the only thing that the parable of the wheat and the tares could possibly mean. Jesus constantly said, you vipers and scorpions, and, you know, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions. You know, what? what's that all about? Reptilians. <laughs> it's like so straightforward. It's unbelievable. But you have to come to that place where it all starts to gel and it just comes together as this amazing story and then you realize that we're just in a hologram. And the advantage that these seething dark creatures have is they know how to manipulate the hologram. And to us it seems like that's got to be impossible. How could they do that? But when you realize you're in a hologram, then it changes everything. They're not. I mean they are when they're – but they have the ability to go between multiple dimensions and they can manipulate the hologram. Shape shift. But they need our blood to do that, which is really creepy and weird. But anyways. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We are – I believe with all of my heart and, and that, and I want to stop at this point and go right into the prayer vigil. Are, you know, Not that we're not in it now, but I'm just saying move into praise, worship, et cetera, and prayer. That um, just like the Israelites went through when they were having their time in the desert, so shall the bride. The bride... Is going to be tested the same way as the Israelites, which means that in order to qualify, we have to be able to take the really bad stuff gracefully. And that is a very, very, very tall order for people who are. Highly sensitive and very emotional. But here's the fascinating thing. People who are highly sensitive and very emotional are also hyper-spiritual. And they're of fantastic value to God. So while we might say, gee whiz, this is kind of really messing up my walk and giving me, you know, but remember it was Jesus. Remember what he said to Peter. Peter. Why did he say it to Peter? So Peter's emotionalness was very attractive to Jesus. So your emotionalness is very attractive to Jesus and to our Father. Our emotions are a manifestation of the Spirit of God, and when Christ is in us, even more so. But they need to be kept in check because we have to maintain self-control and we have to be graceful and be like Jesus. And ultimately, to have joy in the midst of all of this ugly, we have to learn to teach ourselves to be, um, uh, you know, connected to or constantly thinking about heaven, constantly thinking about Jesus, constantly hungry to be in his presence, constantly not just from a standpoint of wanting to escape this evil world, but because we want we love him and we want to meet our father and we're absolutely unworthy So um, it, it is duplicitous in its nature. It is a paradoxical relationship. It is what confuses unbelievers when they read the Bible. They're like, this is conflicting itself. No, it's not. Not at all. You just have to understand what you're reading and what it's about and why it's there. And that's how we derive joy. We should be able to be thrown into a cesspool up to our shoulders, and still ultimately be have joy in our hearts that this is a temporary thing, and we're leaving. We're not from here, and we're not staying here. And where we're going is so awesome, even attempting to describe it. That's one of the ways you really know when somebody's been to heaven. <laughs> when they just can't really completely describe it very well. Well, there's some that have been multiple times, but and then they can describe it. But those who have been, ta- but anyway, the the the, one, the people that were taken there like one time, you know, they're they, they're the ones that just come back and they're just like they they can't even put it in the words, like you know, like Dale Black, flight to heaven. Powerful, powerful testimony. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, let's go ahead and move forward. Father, we just want to praise you. We want to thank you for loving us enough to start allowing us to go through very challenging times so that we're able to recognize our weaknesses, know what things we need to focus on to become better. Pray with forgiveness pray fervently and like with king hezekiah in second kings 20 verse 5 i i as you said to him father i have seen your tears and because of that i will answer you that's what this means second kings 25. that emotional outpouring to the lord is exceedingly powerful for getting his attention and getting results, even in a time like that which we are in now, which you could call the Father, why hast thou forsaken me time? And the answer is actually pretty straightforward. It's a test. Do you have the grace in your heart do you know who you are do you know who your father is and how powerful he is or are you O oh, ye of little faith And I can tell you that what I went through in the last two days taught me a lot. And I'm not saying that I'm going to be any more better off with it in the fall. I mean in the winter season, late fall. I will probably still struggle. Um, I don't know. Or maybe the Lord will bless me and make changes in my life, which would be nice. But when, please forgive me when I do throw out pleases for a prayer, because not only do I mean every word I say when I say that I'm going to be praying for you extra more. Uh, I, and, that's, and I say, Father, it, it, oftentimes with tears in my eyes, anointed oil on my knees early in the morning. Father, please, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you will anoint, touch, protect, just just move mightily upon the lives of the people that even so much as mention me in prayer because I need it praise God and I know we all do so thank you Jesus Father we just thank you we thank you for the things that we're going through we thank you for the training we are obviously in sealed, Navy SEALs training Navy SEAL Team 7 training Um, it's brutal, and we're not going to ring the bell. And the bell is what they ring when they're doing SEAL training. If they want to give up, they have a bell, and a lot of people ring the bell. Matter of fact, when they're going through some of the more difficult things they have to go through, they hear the bell constantly, ding, and then that person drops out of SEAL team training. We're not going to ring the bell. There isn't going to be no dings. Father, we're not going to ring the bell. No matter what, we're not ringing that bell. We may not walk this journey perfectly. In fact, it's probably highly likely we won't. But we're sure going to try. And we know that there's an untold number of anointed believers out there, and I don't say that facetiously, I mean it with all my heart, that have been told there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is going to empower us. But we don't know how far into the future that is. And in the meantime, we cannot be complaining Israelites. Part of the lesson to be learned from what we're going through is to be just like Job in Job thirteen fifteen, where Job said, Though he, our Father God, though he slay me, yet... I will trust him. Though God allows me to be slaughtered, burned at the stake, cut in half, I will trust him. Now that's a powerful verse. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that through all of this training, we hope for from the bottom of our heart, that through all of the things that we've been brought through, the trials, the tribulations, the beatings, in some cases, attempts on our lives, things that have happened, just awful stuff. In some cases, it's just unspeakable. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that all of this is meaningful ultimately to you, that it glorifies you because you are getting us to where we need to be to be as effectual as we possibly can to give you glory In the days ahead, where we are able to stand in a street full of rapists and murderers with no fear in our heart and know to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do and lead people to Jesus while they're dropping their weapons, understanding the power that you have given us in the name of Jesus. And also the incredible power that you have given us by helping us to understand that we have the ability to wield your holy fire here on the earth. And we praise you for revealing to us that even the metaphor of the two uh, witnesses is really not a couple of bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv. That is really a reference to the oil in the lampstand, which is the... Jew and the Gentile made into one under the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And that that fire that they're breathing for three and a half years is holy fire. It's commanding the holy fire as a weapon. Praise God. And thank you, Father, for showing these things to me. Thank you, Father, for the the people with the incredible gifts that you have introduced me to that were able to confirm and even visually saw the fire. Praise you, Father, for all of these things that have happened to each of us, whatever our testimonies may be, because, Father, we recognize where we are. We see, we see, Praise God. Oh, goodness gracious. There's a data breach notification. They just broke in the DoorDash Ah, for crying out loud. Oh, I have to check my DoorDash account. Thank you, Jesus. We live in such evil times, and it's going to get worse. Father we just praise you we thank you Father God For we know that praise is powerful it brought down the walls of Jericho it broke open the jail cells and let everybody free including Paul and and people were just anointed and touched and saved and caused miracles and simply through singing of praise and praising you Father let us become praise to you let us sing songs to you let us tell you Jesus that you're our hero We praise your father. We praise you, Father, and we pray in Jesus' name that you will help us to get stronger and to be able to endure the challenges that we have ahead so that we don't limit you as it says in Psalm 78:41 about the Israelites. Again and again they tempted God by complaining, by being unhappy, See, our gift from you, Father, is to be able to endure intense ugliness because we trust you. Even though everything that's happening to us is unthinkable, we still trust you because you are preparing us for all of eternity. We praise your name and thank you, Jesus. Tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight is August the twenty sixth of twenty twenty two. The twenty ninth of Av, fifty seven eighty two. The next holiday is Rosh Kadesh Alul, which is the which is August the twenty seventh. Tomorrow. Tonight, it is 8.32 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. Together, in Jesus' name, we light our Sabbath candles if we wish. Don't have to, but you can. And i like to light three. One for the Father. One for the Son. Our Lord Jesus, our hero. And one for the Holy Spirit. Angelica Zambrano, when she came back from heaven, she had met the Holy Spirit there. And I know people are saying things and stuff, but anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But anyway, um, she met the Holy Spirit there. When she came back to earth, She now she she knows him personally. So she pulls a chair out at the table for him to sit. That's so cool. She had to go through some really awful things to get such an experience. She had to die. It was very unpleasant. And then be taken to hell. She begged God not to take her to hell. She was only 15 years old. She begged them. She begged the angel, please don't make me go there. Please don't make me go there. And they told her, you have to. Which always makes me wonder about the ones who didn't have to go to hell. Were they really in the true heaven, or were they in Satan's mock-up of a fake heaven? I don't want to make that assumption, because I don't think it's necessarily accurate. I was just wondering about it. Father, we praise your name. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split-open rock, It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. And Jesus, that's why you're my hero. the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we decree the holy fire of God to surround our households with a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit and a thorny hedge of protection, to swirl around about it and to blow white hot in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We declare in Jesus' name. The assignment of great warrior angels to stand guard at the front of our houses and to follow us wherever we go and to protect even our loved ones, Father God, that we may not be distracted from our service to you. Father, for those of us who do not have loved ones that are quite right with you, Father, we lift them up before you and we pray in faith in Jesus' name that you will save their souls. We thank you for doing it and we know that you will, for you are not, your scripture doesn't lie, and you are you're not a man that you would lie. We praise you for that, Father, and we thank you for your promises in your scripture. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree in Jesus' name that any entity of the darkness, worker of saints and live or dead human spirit, member of a witch covenant, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that it be, that at the very moment that they set their wills against us, that they be immediately struck by the holy fire of God, burning in a screaming in horrific agony, scattering the darkness in all direction, and making a public spectacle of them thereof in the name of Jesus, in accordance with Colossians 2.15. Hallelujah. We bind Colossians 2.15 before the courts of heaven against these evil spirits. We declare the fire of God to vaporize any earthly or spiritual weapon or fiery dart that is attempted to be levied against us in the name of Jesus, and the entity that did it shall be punished. Strike them deaf, blind, and dumb in the name of Jesus Christ and cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to strike them and burn them in perpetuity until the lake of fire in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we plead with the courts of heaven and we declare indeed, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Our friend, we praise you, Lord. We declare in Jesus' name for the assignment of a platoon of warrior angels. SEAL Team 7 Delta Force Angels, Father God, in the name of Jesus, on a search and destroy mission to be sent out into our workplaces, into all aspects and all areas of our lives, to to, to completely shut all demonic portals, all attempts to come against us, to ferret out those attacks, and to lock them down, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb and cast them into the pit in the name of Jesus. Father God, we also pray, Proverbs twenty-one, one: for the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, you turn it wherever you wish. And we pray in the name of Jesus, even as uh, your servant uh, Nehemiah did, uh, where he asked for your favor, that the king would have favor for him. Father, we ask for these things. We ask for you to make good eyes blind. We ask for you to protect us as we serve you from the darkness even in as we work in our workplaces and try our best to 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 sustain our existence on the earth in a manner that we are able to serve you as most most of, most uh, efficaciously as possible, Father, that the, that all the glory will be given to you, that we may glorify you, Father. We also pray that we will fall deeply in love with you, Lord Jesus. We pray that we will fall more deeply in love with you than ever before, and if it requires us to go through really traumatic and. Hard Hard times in order to bring us to that place? Bring it on. In Jesus' name we pray, and thank you. We exercise the rule of the victor over any demonic region that would set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, Jesus Christ, against all demonic regions that have permitted spirits in or through their territory. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light in Jesus' name. We require the immediate destruction of all their books and artifacts of sorcery. And we require the immediate reversal of all their schemes and cancellation of their assignments against us. Penalties applied. We cast them into the pit and we declare the fire of God into the pit to burn them in horrific agony in the mighty name of Jesus. And for, uh, Lord Jesus, we plead. Please, seal the pet, for only the lamb of God can break the seal. We praise you, Father. This time I like to use holy oil. Big holy oil fan, this guy. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, praise you, Jesus. We consecrate ourselves to your complete ownership. Lord Jesus and Father to you too as well. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. We renounce it, we rebuke it, and we cast it into the pit. We declare the abundant grace of God, the living water upon us, to cleanse us, the crystal river, to wash away all, of it, all impurities, for we are in a state of sin and trapped in a very dark world. But we're learning, and we, we're, we need your help. We admit it. Jesus, we plead your blood upon us. We pray that it will heal our sicknesses. We pray that it will heal our wounds. We pray that it will heal our hearts. We pray that it will strengthen us with wings of eagles, that we will run and not be weary and walk and not faint. We rebuke the devil, the demons of darkness, all these entities of evil. You must flee. We cancel all demonic assignments. We tear up all demonic contracts. And we cast them into the lake of fire in Jesus' name, Gehenna. We break all yokes of bondage, all curses placed against us throughout every branch of our family trees. They are gone. They are broken. They are dissolved. They are no longer in existence. And they have no effect on us. We declare a holy fire, authority, hedge your protection, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it, white hot, punching through the spiritual realm into the throne room of God. We declare the holy fire to wrap itself around our prayers as a like a holy fire tornado that completely scatters the darkness in all directions and horrifically burns the demons of darkness that would attempt to hinder them in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will, whatever you may do. We praise you. We are ready for all. We hope we are. Let us be graceful, Father, as we go through challenging times. We accept all. Let only your will be done in all of us. We wish no more than this, Father. Your will. Your will. Because we know that you love us. And whatever it is we're going through in this place is going to be so worth it, even though it's very hard to imagine how so. But in faith, we know and we praise you. We commit our spirits and souls into your hands. We do it because we trust you and we believe and we Father, we confess that sometimes we get afraid. Sometimes we hurt real bad. Sometimes we're not as graceful as we ought to be. Sometimes we forget that all this is just a hologram, albeit a very convincing one. We surrender to you. We get on our knees at the foot of that cross. And we see you looking down at us with tears in your eyes. But also with love and
0: compassion.
1: Anxiously await whatever day that may be that you would have the mercy for each of us to pour out that special anointing of the Holy Spirit that we would be able to function and serve you during times on this earth that are going to be impossible for others to endure. They will need to hear what we have to share. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will lead us, that you will give us through the Holy Spirit that, indescribable yearning to move, to do. I've experienced it, Father. I pray that others experience it, that knowing in your heart that you have heard, we have heard from you to go, to get out and to just go and to do it. Without hesitation. We pray for that anointing as soon as you are willing, Father. And in the meantime, we pray for as much grace and help as we can possibly get to go through all the boxing rings and ultimately come out like Jesus, the victor. We praise your name and thank you, Father. Amen. Glory to God.
2: Long for you and humble my heart.
1: Psalm 91 is representative of the days that we are about to enter into. We praise you for helping us to recognize that there are certain scriptures and passages that are unique to a particular time, such as the darkness that comes upon the earth, the whole earth, while we bear your light. But it's true glory light, Praise God. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the mighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and in Him I will trust. Surely our Father shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the missiles that fly in the air overhead by day. Says Arrow, but it's really missiles for us. Nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. What sort of destruction do you think that might be? This really, the more I think of it, I feel in my heart that Psalm 91 was actually a prophetic word over the days that the most rare of the believers, the ones who have gotten out of churchianity, sought God, understand the blessings and the challenges and the things that we talk about. For example, on this show, I'm sure there are maybe others that don't cover all the stuff that we do, but that that's okay. The point I'm trying to make is I feel in my heart as I read this. That it obviously was not written prophetically for the people who suffered prior to us. Because it says, you know, it says right here, you know, we're not going to be afraid of the terror by night. We're not going to be worried about the missiles that are flying overhead. We're not going to worry about the next, you know, monkeypox thing that comes out. We're not going to be worried about the buildings being blown up because the Chinese are flying overhead and dropping bombs or TU-95 bombers from Russia. You know, we're not going to be afraid about that. It's not going to bother us. We might see thousands of people die. Uh, Now, you know, I would have to be some other place than my house to see that many people die. But it's making a point. And it says it will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is your refuge, even the Most High, El Elyon, your dwelling place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, you dwell. Well, let me tell you, these last few days, I don't think I praise God. I was going through the roof. (laughs) Hallelujah. Verse 11, and he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you on all your ways. And in their hands, they will bear you up lest you dash your foot in the stone. That sounds like some pretty powerful protection. And, the, and I cannot reconcile this prophetically. A lot of the prophet, a lot of the psalms are prophetic. Well, essentially all of them are really. Um, and it can't be talking about when, you know, Nero was slaughtering the Christians, because that would be like, well, that would make this kind of like a fib. So either God is going to protect us, either God's angels are going to lift us up and uh, protect our feet, you know, that whole thing, that whole metaphor there. You know what I'm saying? Either it's going to happen or it isn't. But one thing is for sure, Psalm 91 did not happen for the Bogomils. It did not happen for the Pelicians, It did not happen for the Albigens. It did not happen uh, for many, many of the early believers in the pilgrim church. So who is it for? prophetically speaking psalm ninety one who was it for? what are these what group on the earth in the entire earth's existence can you think of that psalm ninety one would have been prophetically written about? and the only group I can think of is us. However, if you have iniquity in your heart, you holding on the guns. You think you're going to defend yourself with earthly weapons? You're going to hurt, kill people who are simply being controlled by demons, and saying instead of using the power of Jesus Christ, and then forget it. You, you forfeit it all. I'm just here. I know that's a, a tough lesson, but you know what? I have a duty, and by golly, if I'm willing to come on this program and share. All of my trials, tribulations and faults and screw ups so that I'm able to maybe relate a little bit better to you and and maybe help you to go through the things you're going through a little bit better. Then by golly, if I got to warn you about something that could prevent you from receiving the greatest, I want everybody, it has to be the love of Jesus. Okay, now I admit that this program this program and the other programs are I don't know, it's like it's it divorces me from the earthly Ucky stuff. I don't like it, and I don't think any of us likes it. It's disgusting. I don't want to read about LGBT articles, but I got a duty to do that to wake people up and to keep us all on the edge of our seats ultimately. But at the same time if If I know in my heart, if I know in my heart that you're going to get disqualified for being part of the ruling class with Jesus Christ as part of his bride because of something that you have in your heart or something that isn't exactly right, I have got to bring that to your attention. I would rather be wrong about it and have you overreact and make it for sure than not mention it at all. But one thing is clear to me based upon my, well, relatively extensive education because of my fervent reading and years and 4,000 radio shows and guests and books and is that this – Psalm 91, it, it only applies to those of us who are, I mean, on our game. We are on our A game, which is why – It's really important right now that we accept that God loves us, and that's why we're going through the crummy things we're going through. And sometimes just being human, like Jesus was a couple of times, and apologizing to our Father for not trusting Him as we should have. Because we don't want to limit God. We don't want to limit it, ever, ever. But I do believe in my heart, and this may be an epiphany, this may be a revelation that the Lord just put upon my heart right now, at this very moment, because what was I just saying a little while ago? I was saying that it's very likely that we're going to have to go through some ugly, right? But then... As I was scrolling through the, the prayer vigil sh- notes, I saw Psalms ninety-one, and what's fascinating is I wrote I wrote above it Psalm ninety-one 91- dash protection in the final harvest, which of course you know it anyway, the, but the point I'm making here is this is actually pretty noteworthy. It's a pretty big revelation really when you think about it. Why didn't this apply to the people that were killed by Nero? Why didn't this apply to all the other people that were slaughtered? Why didn't this apply to uh, Peter so he wasn't nailed to an upside down cross? Why? It obviously didn't Because it says right here that the angel will be sent to to have charge over you and to keep you in all your ways that you don't even dash your foot against its own. Now it does say here, because he has set my love upon me, therefore I will deliver him and I will set him on high because he has known my name. Now the question I would have to ask, in all fairness, is the word deliver. That word oftentimes means slippery escape. So it makes me wonder about Stephen and being stoned and how he wasn't like screaming out in pain and agony. He was seeing glory in the sky. So many testimonies, well, they simply come right out and say that when we go through bad things we will already have departed our body at that point and we'll be in the presence of the lord so yeah it does rain on the just and the unjust but psalm 91 is a misfit it's a misfit prophecy I cannot imagine anybody being tied to a stake and set on fire and reading Psalm 91 that wouldn't be like, excuse me, but uh, am I reading this right? So that means it has to apply to us. Has to. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The next verse, loving it, loving it, praise God. First Peter 4.12, wow. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try you, as if some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. amazing. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And on that note, let's go into communion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go.
3: Let us eagerly yearned for the supper, And that you suffered so we children could be fed I can only imagine the silence in the room As you passed on the bread to be torn lady not understand the reach of his plan In his love we were told to rejoice not to mourn So we gather from memory. The glory of the Lamb The one who was slain For the seed of Abraham As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The King and His bride When our waiting has ceased As you arose and went back up to heaven To plead to the heavenly poor You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had covered the call and I can only imagine the thunderous sound as all heaven exploded in tears. We were freed from our chains. Now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather. Destroyer of death, the Lord of
2: our
0: own, the light in our own the edge of our sword,
3: the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords, for we believe in a land, all of creation, Stored by His hand Eternity Always revealed By the time we remember All scars will be healed I still long for your coming we imagine the feast, the Lord and His sprite when our waiting has ceased.
1: you, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, and meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you are also called in one body, be thankful the word of christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the lord and finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just and whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are of a good report if there is any virtue if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And you know what? There is. Because we're blessed with a lot of heaven testimonies. And if you look up My Dream of Heaven by Rebecca Springer, My Dream of Heaven, it's you can find it for free on the internet. And you can read that and you can meditate on that matthew 26:39 Jesus went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, "O oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will." First Timothy 3:16: God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, and believed upon in the world. Received up in the glory. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Praise God. Father, we pray that you will have mercy upon us. Always. Remember that we are dust. according to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Please blot out our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sins. We confess to you, Father. We sin. We dork it up all the time. It's always before us. This is a very difficult journey, Father, but you know that. Father, against you and you only we've sinned and done the evil that we have done. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, Father, You desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts. You'll make us to know your wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and we shall be clean. Purge us all, Father. Wash us, Father, every one of us whiter than snow. Make us hear joy and gladness, Father, that all the stuff we've had to go through that's just absolutely awful and miserable, that it will, Father, that it will result in You hiding Your face from our sins and blotting out all of our iniquity. Create in us, we pray, O Lord, a clean heart. Make it a continuous, continuous sanctification cleansing, Father renew in us a strong and steadfast spirit help us to remember lord why we're going through all this and how awesome it will be to leave this place and be in your presence father we pray in jesus name that you will deliver us from all the guilt of our past sin, but not the darkness, hold it against us and remind us of it. Let us know that you have forgiven us. Even when we still struggle with certain behaviors and challenges in our lives, we're perpetually imperfect. We're the tax collector, not the Pharisee. We rent our robes before you with a contrite spirit and pray, Father, please, in that multitude of your tender mercies that you will grow us up supernaturally helping us assigning angels to us and that Lord Jesus you will be constantly and continuously in our presence and praying for us even when we're going through that dark time as we are now when sometimes we feel that you're not here us what we know that you are teach us to be hypersensitive teach us to be able to sense your presence sense when you had a hand and that which has saved us from dashing our foot on that stone in Jesus name we pray and thank you Father Amen Of me. And in that same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, lododi, lododi li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine.
3: like a shepherd guiding her,
2: giving shelter to the
3: soul, cause I know that you For my prosperity You are strong And I am weak I praise you my redeemer I praise you majesty You were left by God Almighty
1: Praise God. Yes, you're right. Bonnie nailed it. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. We are the sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and his demons, and we are the servants and footwashers of mankind. Ezekiel 2230, So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, but I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Hmm. Isaiah 6, 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And then we all said, Father, here we are. Send us. Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I will do, he will do also, but greater works than these will he do. Because I go unto the Father, Praise God. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing His redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon says, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Duell, the book Mighty Prevailing Prayer. I need to read the rest of that book. but There's really cool stuff in there. Thank you, Jesus. James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Effective, fervent. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity and passion, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervid, and heartfelt. Wow, that's really interesting because it aligns beautifully with Second Kings 25. I have seen your tears and I will answer you, King Hezekiah. Mark 16, 17 to 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink, ingest anything deadly, or viper bites their hands, or whatever, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And by the way, just so you know, uh, a listener of this program Her initials are KM. She's from Australia. She works in the medical profession. And she was in a situation whereby they were forcing her to take, you know, the evil shot. And I told her, well, if you don't have a choice and you're in that situation, which they were, it was brutal in Australia. And it's still brutal even in New Zealand. They still have people cartoned off in houses. And I told her, I said, then you need to stand up against it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And you've got to command it out loud in front of all of the nurses and and command it in the name of Jesus. I command you, you are commanded to turn into saline. You shall have no power over me. All anything that is unclean will be purified in the name of Jesus Christ. Lay your hands on top of that doggone nurse's hands with the needle in it and command it. You know what she did? She did exactly that. We talk all the time. She's perfectly fine. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing. There's your keywords there. That would be resulting uh, referring to principalities, powers, spiritual hosts of wickedness, and rulers of darkness, and what high places. "...things that insult itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ." Ephesians six ten 10-13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that, may, that you may be able to withstand." in the evil day, and having done all, stand. Luke 10, verse 19, should be one of all of our favorites, talking to a bunch of sinners that Jesus sent out, 70 sinners, walking along in the crowd, they barely know who Jesus is, and he says, hey, you two, t- you know, team up two by two, and go out there and see what happens when I use my name. And he came back all flipped out. And he said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, reptilians and dracos, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 9.25. When Jesus saw the people come running together, why did he do that? He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. So you talk to the mountain, you talk to the, the demon, you command them, come out. But also he did it to glorify God. He waited for the people to come running together that the Father may be glorified in the Son Get it awesome it's the, it's a It's a harmonious tapestry of spiritual congruence that you get when you raise yourself above the context, all the scriptures, and you recognize that there's Different players, different times, different periods. Some of them apply to this. Some of them apply to that. Some of them apply to all of eternity. It's all the stuff that you would never learn by going to, you know, Oral Roberts University. (laughs) You You know, you wouldn't have no idea. Mark nine twenty five. When Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, "Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more." I love that. Matthew twelve twenty eight. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, which you do, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Awesome. But how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then you plunder his goods. Well, who's his goods? The subordinate demons, who's the strong man, the head of the snake, call the strong man out first, cast the rest of them out second. Now, am I saying when you're praying for a third party or you're praying for a continent or you're praying for a state or whatever that whatever you know whatever large area that you may be praying over? am I saying that one hundred percent of the people are being delivered at that moment in time? No, I don't expect that, but I do expect that a whole bunch of' them are, and yes. It's very effective. And we've gotten the confirmation from the Lord multiple times. Praise Jesus. And of course, never forget, Matthew twelve forty three to 4 to 5, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. And then he goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with his wicked generation. So shall it be with his... Still in the word wicked generation. Why? Because they fail to go and sin no more. They don't know that they have to fight back against the demons. The demons are too stupid to know that when you when you when they've been delivered out of they have they still feel that they have a legal right to come back. And if the individual isn't educated to fight back, their situation is going to be worse. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory. Oh, my goodness. All these wonderful scriptures. So little time. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to pour out a golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of the peoples of the lands of the Caribbean. All of the peoples of the lands of Central America. Father, please forgive them, for they know not what they do. Pour out a golden bowl of forgiveness upon them all, we pray in Jesus' name. And as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, and your servant Daniel did in chapter 9, verse 25, where they confessed of the sins of the people of Israel. We, Father, as a royal priesthood, confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of the Caribbean. We confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Central America. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name. you, Father. Now, at this point, we have taken their legal right, the demon's legal right, away from them. Time to kick them out principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness, rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of the Caribbean and Central America, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we call down the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into screaming agony. In Jesus' name, we declare hundreds of trillions and innumerable company of angels of war and archangels to descend upon the spiritual realm above the lands of the Caribbean and Central America to wage war against thee. Such as never been seen since before there was time unclean spirits deaf and dumb spirits anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost across all of the lands of the Caribbean and Central America strong men we command you in Jesus name come forth subordinate spirits, out in Jesus' name. We declare and pray, Father God, for an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon them, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to to permeate the pit and to burn them into screaming agony. Yes, we have come to punish you before your time. And we declare and plead with the courts of heaven, O Lord Jesus, To seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals, even if but for a time, for a breakthrough. We declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate on all sides all the peoples of the lands of the Caribbean and Central America in the name of Jesus. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. Praise you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Oh, Lord, for the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to flow deep into their hearts, to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit. The fruit will remain, John fifteen sixteen. in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And, Father, we know that this is your will. Your will be done. You would want not one to perish. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above those lands for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely, unhindered, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And, Father, we pray and decree in Jesus' name for an innumerable company of angels of light and love in the presence of the Lord Jesus to descend upon them Deep into the night. Deep into the night. For you, Father, for your presence, the presence of the angels, and Lord Jesus, the man in the white robe, to stand before them, to call them by their name, to touch them so that they yearn to be in your presence. We pray, Father, that these supernatural manifestations that we know are going to happen will save the souls of so many that you will be glorified beyond even that which was planned before the foundations of the earth. Father God, in Jesus' name, we pray that you will pour out the golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of the peoples of the lands of North America, Mexico, America, Canada, Hawaii, Alaska, even Bermuda, and all provinces thereof. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Please pour out a golden bowl of forgiveness upon them all. Father, forgive them in Jesus' name, for they definitely do not know what they do. If they did, they wouldn't. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of North America in Jesus' name for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely, unhindered, in Jesus' name. Father, we confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of North America. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We have just removed the legal right of the demons to be there now. Now we go after them. Strong men, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Release the peoples of the lands of North America. Subordinate spirits, out now in Jesus' name. We command it. We declare an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon thee and to strike you deafblind blind and dumb, cast you into the pit, and seal it with the holy fire of God. Weld it shut. We declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony, and we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. We need time for a breakthrough. We declare the holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encircle them on all sides. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house even if but for a time. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare your abundant grace, the crystal river, the living water, to descend upon their hearts, their soul, their spirit. Father God, just to touch them and fertilize the soil of their hearts that they will receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen, We claim that promise and bind it before the courts of heaven in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for an untold number, an innumerable company of angels of light and love to descend upon all of these people in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit, to seal their instruction, to show them the compassion and love Of the kingdom of the living God. We praise your name. Father. We love you Lord Jesus. And thank you so much. Help us all. To dwell even more. In the secret place. Of the most high. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. See you next Friday. And after the last two days, when I say Lord willing, boy, oh boy, do I mean that. Hallelujah. It rains on the just and the unjust.
2: Lord, we come to you with repentant heart.
3: We seek you with all our might Sinners at the mercy of grace Redeemed we are by your embrace Praise his holy
0: name
3: Praise the King of Kings When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride to set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on a living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride. To
0: set
2: her free Watch us as
3: we trim our wicks,
2: our lamps are full,
3: our hearts are right, like those five wise virgins, we will be Your bride awaits thee patiently. Longing for that blessed sound, the dead will rise, the churches gather. We're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure and while we wait. We will bring forth the fruit of the light of
0: Christ
3: When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set it free